Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Bottom Line Show Live. I'm your show host, Dame Lillianne Walker. And I am in Sunnington Beach, California, and I'm so happy and glad to be alive. And I'm so blessed to be blessed and not to be stressed. And today, our show topic is about our challenges are oftentimes our greatest agents to change and a gift. Everything in our life happens for a reason at just the right time in our life. There are no accidents. We think that they're accidents, but there really aren't. There are things that are cause and effect. The way our universe is put together, it is put together in such a manner that we are able to evolve, grow, and move forward for what is ultimately our destiny and the purpose for which we were brought forth. And so I want to share today some little some experiences that are personal to me and kind of uh, share with our listeners today insights and things that are happening currently and have happened in my life. And if it helps just one person out there, then I've done my job. Um, for those of you who know me well or for those of you who have been listeners for years, you know that the only reason why I do radio, the only reason I do media The only reason why I'm in this entertainment business is to use this communication method, which is the most powerful in the world. We know that the influence of radio and music, of television, of film on the big screen, the the written and spoken word is the most powerful force in the universe. It's with that word that we create or destroy, or I like to say we either create a positive or a negative outcome. It's in that power of the word. And so it's a great responsibility. So let me share with you some things that have been going on in my life. And again, if this helps you, it's, that's why we're here, is to help you heal in any of the areas of your life that need healing right now. So as luck would have it, I had an experience where back in this last October, I had um, one friend who approached to me and said, uh, hey, you know, we're going to be appearing at the Parliament of World Religions. Um, we're going to have Marianne Williams. The Dalai Lama is going to be on, this, on the same stage. We'd like you to be on stage with us. Uh, and we're going to have world leaders and um, religious leaders from all over the world that will be in attendance. They expect about 10,000 people plus, And uh, we'd like you to come. We have already arrangements for, for a place for you to stay. It'll be away from the, you know, the mobs and the hotels and so forth. We have a private large residence that you can you know, uh, have a place to stay and we've covered you know, the cost of your ticket, yada, yada. We just want you to be there on stage with us. And I said, wow, you know, this sounds awesome. And I said, well, I never even had on my mind's eye. You know, of, of course, everyone's aware of the Dalai Lama, but I didn't really have any Um, special notion or yearning to meet the Dalai Lama or other than he's a you know a very well-respected figure somebody that I highly respect as well he has a great amount of wisdom uh, and just as the Pope 
and several other, you know, uh, famous leaders are as well. So I agreed, and I had a feeling that I was supposed to be doing this about the same time. I had another individual who does not, these two people don't know each other. She, through uh, another, you know, chain of very interesting events, uh, she ended up getting introduced to me and on the spot, and she told me that she wanted me also to be, you know, to come to the Parliament of World Religions, that she could, as part of her, she has a very large organization, that she could also arrange to get me a ticket, yada, yada, that I could stay with her, et cetera. And this is a, and these both individuals, they're flying all over the world for very massive things that they're doing. And they don't know, they still don't know each other. Eventually I will put these two uh, individuals together. So long story short, I had a feeling that I was supposed to be there, and at about this time, uh, it was the Parliament of World Religions was taking place in, in the second week of October, and as luck would have it, um, I get a call on Tuesday, and Tuesday I was about 8 p.m. leaving to go, was actually already en route to meet with my mother, because my mother was getting ready to leave to Israel on Thursday, and so there were some documents and things that she wanted to give to me before she left on her trip. So I was on my way to meet with her, and about 15 minutes from arriving, because she's about 45 minutes away from me, 15 minutes from my arriving to her home, I get a phone call from my daughter, who's in a bit of a panic, um, in pain, and she's writhing on the floor. She's explaining to me that she's in the fetal position. She hasn't been able to get up because the pain is so intense, um, and that her, uh, her chest hurts, and she's describing all these symptoms that sound not, you know, very alarming. We proceed to call her cardiologist. Her cardiologist says, you know, she needs to go straight to the emergency room. And uh, he says, call an ambulance, call, have her roommate, if they can pick her up, have them, have them you know, put her in the car because the hospital is only two miles away. Have her go straight to the hospital, to the emergency room. She needs to, you know, to be completely screened. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, I obviously have to now make a beeline, and now I'm almost in Hacienda Heights, and I've got to go now redirect to be with my daughter. So I've got to go clear across the county, now go to Marina Del Rey, because I'm in a, she's being taken to Marina Del Rey Hospital. So I proceed to, to um, you know, hang up the phone with the cardiologist, tell my daughter, you know, because he asked her a bunch of questions and, and so forth. I tell my daughter, I will meet you there. I'll call your father and let him know what's going on, um, et cetera. So hung up the phone, called my mother, told her, Mom, can't stop by. Christelle's on her way to the emergency room. I'll have to let you know what's going on later. We'll have to rearrange this at another time. Proceed to go to the emergency room. Uh, ended up staying there till 3.30 in the morning with her. Uh, she was eventually released uh, that evening, and she had to be sent to some other specialist. So at 3.30 in the morning, I'm leaving Marina Del Rey Hospital to go drop her off at, at her uh, place in Playa Del Rey. And the next morning, I take my son Nicholas to school, who's, he's a sophomore, go drop him off. And not even an hour after school starts, I get a call from the school nurse. And the school nurse proceeds to say, Mrs. Walker, you need to come immediately uh, to pick up Nicholas, uh, his, his uh, history teacher. He was in class. Um, he is confused, unresponsive. He has a, an irregular heartbeat, and he also has a low-grade fever. 
um, you need to take them, pick them up and take them to the doctors right away. So I said, what's going on here? So I went to the high school to go pick him up. They tell me that in addition that the teacher asked, was asking him questions and he was unable to speak and that he started weeping, but not crying. It's just that his eyes, there was no sound, uh, so he wasn't able to utter any kind of sound with his vocal cords, and he was just, his eyes started, you know, weeping, and um, he looked confused, and he couldn't really fix his, his gaze on anyone. And he had an irregular heartbeat, which was strange. I thought, why would she even check his heartbeat? You know, he's a healthy, healthy, happy 16-year-old. Why? So anyhow, what ended up happening was we ended up taking him to the pediatrician, um, and what ensued was they thought he was having a stroke, and we got sent to Hogue um, ER, yada, yada, yada. So this is now unfolding. It's now Wednesday morning, and I'm supposed to be leaving on Thursday to go to the Parliament of World Religions because the event is, you know, Saturday, Sunday, et cetera. So it became very evident to me that I'm not going to go to this Parliament of World Religions because obviously I have to take care of my family. So I took care of the issues obviously having to do with my family, put a call out saying, look, I'm not going to be able to go. And that was that. So October of last year was very uh, involved with a lot of medical issues having to deal with both of my kids. And so we went ahead and took care of all of those things and, um, and, and there are some challenges medically, you know, for, for my kids and for me having to deal with that. Uh, but we got through it. So interestingly enough, uh, fast forward, you know, 30 days ago roughly, I, I get a call and I'm told that the 14th Dalai Lama is going to be at the uh, Geo Temple here in Westminster and um, would I like to would I like to interview him? And then I happened to, I thought, this is interesting. Uh, and of course I said yes. And then I had another individual, unrelated to this uh, individual, called me and said, hey, did you know that the 14th Dalai Lama is going to be speaking at the tempo, the uh, Geo Temple there in Westminster? Maybe you can get tickets. So I knew enough from paying attention to, you know, I call them God incidences, which some people call coincidences, serendipity. They're also miracles, you know, a, you know, a, a series of miracles. So I recognized, hey, i got to pay attention to this because within an hour of each other I had these things taking place. So I thought, oh, my gosh, let me, let me go ahead. I had already said yes, that I'd be willing to do the interview. And then I took action when I heard that there were tickets because when I was told about the interview, I had no notion. It, w it was not... I was not made aware of, of the fact that there were tickets. So when I had the second person told me about the tickets, I thought, wow, I should, you know, I, could, I should see if I can get some tickets because then that would allow not only me, but I could have other people. I don't know what the limitations are on the tickets, but let me see what I can do. So I proceeded to go immediately go get the tickets and so forth. And lo and behold, what ended up transpiring was that I ended up taking about 23 people, um, many who are, who are part in one way, shape, or form with my radio show and my studio. And I was able to not only uh, be in the VIP section, but in the VVIP section of where the Dalai Lama, you know, during his presentation, which was literally the section that was right in front of his steps. He's at the top of the steps, of course. And I was literally in the first row, 
one day and in the third and fourth row the second day. And it was extraordinary. We were, I was, had basically the same access to, that the CIA did. All the rest of the press, it was so interesting to me because ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, they were all behind me, and their camera crews were in the section behind the VVIP section. They were in the VIP section um, behind us. And there were just a few uh, other uh, journalists that were also in the VVIP section along with me. In this VVIP section, we had the different mayors of, you know, for example, the mayor of Fountain Valley was there, the mayor of Westminster. Um, we had the California State Treasurer. We had one of the um, one of the representatives from the United Nations was there. I mean, so and so and so forth. They were notable. Uh, individuals. We also had Anthony Quinn's daughter was also there, and several, you know, celebrity types that were in that VVIP section. But I had unrestricted access where I could actually go up on the stairs, go up on deck to the same deck where the Dalai Lama was, which we had three forms of security. We had Westminster PD, private security, as well as the CIA was there. So that was unprecedented. So. What, what my point in all of this is, is that when you are meant to do a particular thing and you are following your thread of passion and your in integrity, and I want to redefine integrity uh, to our listeners today because I think we hear the word integrity and we think it means to be honest and to be truthful, and to a certain degree that is what the meaning of integrity is. But what I've come to learn in my life through experience, not because anybody came in and defined it this way to me, but because my own knowingness and my own personal insights and revelations through prayer and through meditation, I was made aware of the fact what integrity really is. And everybody is going to articulate it differently because as human beings, we all need to hear different languaging patterns and different language vibrations too depends the language that the person uses and the vibrational frequency that not only they're operating at but their intention is and so we need to hear it in different ways because words sometimes have different nuances and meanings to us which is why i want to redefine to you what my meaning of integrity is and i i actually had a vision when this uh, this insight came to me and the in the vision that i saw in my mind's eye was that when you are in integrity and you are truthful and authentic in what your purpose is, what your communication is, what your intention is, and you come forward and you are expressing, you are pushing out, taking that, that which is in, to, in the deepest parts of in your insides, and you are pushing them out and you are expressing that in truth, in authenticity, with proof, without any attachments or judgments to the other party that is involved, and you can fully show up present in that manner to another human being or to an audience, then you are in integrity with yourself. Now, the picture that I saw was the initial picture. I saw two different things, and so I want to share those with you because, if again, I think this will be very powerful. It was very powerful for me, so I would hope that it would be very powerful to at least one of the listeners out there. And what I saw was first a circle that was like a ring. And it was the ring at the beginning of the picture in my mind's eye. The, the ring was broken where the top, you, you could see the left half of the ring and the right half of the ring, and they weren't together and they were a little ajar. And as soon as the integrity took place, then that 
two sides of the ring came together. It's almost like they were magnetized and they were immediately drawn together. And now that ring was in integrity. It was integrated. It was whole. Think about the word integers in math. You know, there are whole numbers is what an integer is. It's not a fraction, a number with decimal points. It's an entire number. So that was the first image that I saw. And then the second image that I saw that I saw in the motion picture screen of my eye was that that ring, and it was a silver ring, that ring now turned into a sphere. And so now that sphere was a whole. It was an entire sphere, an entire circle. So that was, that's what it meant to be in integrity. And what I knew and I perceived from viewing that sphere was that integrity has depth in all directions. It's not just horizontal or vertical and diagonal, but it is like the universe. It is infinite. It can go infinitely into the smallest parts and recesses of your being, or it can expand out into the universe. And as we know, the universe is infinite. We do not have an end to the universe. And so my, my takeaway was, wow, so that's what it means to be an, in, an integrity. So when you are whole and you are able to communicate from that place of wholeness, of integrity, then you know what? What I have learned is then, and only then, my gosh, the universe starts to move in a completely different direction to aid and abet you, to support you, to sustain you, to conspire. Don't think that a conspiracy is neg a negative thing. A conspiracy can be a positive thing or it can be a negative thing. So the universe can conspire and will conspire to help and to support you. And now things that you could have never imagined, things, powers, forces, abundance, Things will take place that are not necessarily in your power or your control, but you could have never humanly in your power have arranged all those things to come into your, into your place of beingness and your awareness. And the trigger to that is you decide with your free will, you take your power of choice and you decide that you want to be whole, that you want to be in integrity, that you want to walk in your own truth for the purpose that you know whatever message it is that you are here to give to the world. Because make, make no mistakes. I really believe that we all have a message to share, that we, are all, we all have the motion picture movie of our lives. We all have a journey and that there are things that we can share with others that others can learn and glean from and maybe avoid some of the pain and suffering that you've had and by witnessing what it is that you're going through, maybe that'll be the catalyst. Maybe that's the one unique qualifier, the one unique thing that will make all the difference in the world for them and will change. And many times one person can say one thing that can totally change the course of your life. Um, but you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And so I speak to you about this place of coming from authenticity and proof. So what ended up happening in my, in my particular case and what will continue to happen because I've, I've learned that to live in this place of awareness, I'm aware now more of that other dimension that doesn't 
uh, is not witnessed by the natural eye. The effects of that world are witnessed by our natural seeing eyes that hopefully are 2020 or better. But it's our inner eye, our inner vision, our inner knowingness. That dimension is far more spectacular, and it's in that dimension that we create all things. And so what ended up happening was that I was granted, um, they told, I was told I was granted three minutes to interview the Dalai Lama, and we had unprecedented access not only to, you know, to take footage. We had our camera crew there. We took incredible footage. We made myself and a few of the people on my crew were able to make eye contact with the Dalai Lama. We were able to move around freely. We were even able to, we were taken and escorted by one of the, the head monks. The, they've got different ranking orders for the monks that are part of not only that particular temple, but also the monks that came from the Los Angeles temple. So one of the key people there actually escorted us. There is a, it was interesting because they provided food every day for the attendees, which, by the way, they had over 30,000 people that were turned away. Only 1,000 people were allowed to come into the Dalai Lama's event. In fact, I had a few people from my group who actually had tickets and weren't able to get in, even though they had tickets. Um, but the, my core group that uh, we all went in together, we were able to move in together. Uh, but what I was going to say was that one of the head monks, you know, we explained to him about the interview with the Dalai Lama. We were supposed to originally do the interview on Saturday, and I don't, um, I don't watch the news. I don't look at all the alerts and all those kind of things because for me, as far as I'm concerned, that's all stinking thinking, and, and I don't want to participate in that type of uh, media. Um, so, but something apparently happened on Saturday that uh, myself and the head the head of the Dio Temple, both of us, we were supposed to interview him at 2 o'clock when they were breaking for lunch, and that was supposed to be the time slot that we were supposed to go in his court in the private quarters in the back where he's taken after he gets off stage, and we were supposed to speak with him three minutes for myself, and I don't know how, many, how much time I think he was allowed one question as well. So he was taken away, and that head monk... Uh, said, um, follow me. They've taken all the monks. The monks don't eat with the masses, so they take them to a private, to a private room. And there's, there was probably about 300 monks, I would say. So here we go past all the security, past everything, and we are taking into this room, which the media, it's off limits to the media. It's off limits to everybody. The only people that are allowed in there are the monks and the people that are serving the monks. That was it. So because this was one of the, like the second or third in command monk. He took us in, in there and told me, he pointed me in the direction of the person that I needed um, to speak to. And uh, we were able to see the monks all eating. And what was interesting, this is part of the chain link of miracles, of God incidences that happen. And what we saw next, and Shefanina, and we have a TV show in development with her, her, she is uh, the chef to the stars to Oprah's ambassadors to Anthony Robbins and so forth. But Chef Anina, uh, who is going to be the host of the Academy of Culinary Alchemy, she noticed that the monks were eating spaghetti. Now, everyone else had Thai and Vietnamese food, but the monks in this private closed quarters, this hall, 300 of them, and they're eating spaghetti. 
we immediately knew. We looked at each other and we said, oh, my gosh, this is a sign that the Academy of Culinary Alchemy, that our show is blessed because Shefanina teaches and shares her recipes and the ancient mystical traditions of the Truscan food alchemy and how you can use food as medicine and all the nuances and mysticism of that. And so when we saw that the monks were eating the spaghetti, we had to approach them and ask them for permission and say, excuse us, we don't mean to, to bother or interrupt you, but we can't help but notice you're eating Etruscan, I'm sorry, Italian food, and we explained to them about the Academy of Culinary Alchemy and Chef Anina's spot, and I said, is it possible, would you give us permission to take your picture? And, if, and they smiled and they said yes. So we were granted permission to take their picture, which is a big deal because they do not allow you to take, you have to ask them for permission. So we took their picture, and it was awesome. We had that picture, and it was so funny because Chef Anina took several pictures, and there was one, one monk who was to the side whom we had not asked for permission for. We didn't realize that he was in the picture, and Chef Anina had taken me as the subject of the picture where you could see the monks in the back eating the, the spaghetti, and this particular monk, we had not asked him for permission, and lo and behold, in the picture, we actually caught the monk morphing from a physical state into a non-physical state actually disappearing. And we had been forewarned about this. It says, if you try to take pictures of the monks without their permission, you will see that when you look at the picture, even though you know you took a picture of the monk, the monk will, will, dis, will have disappeared. And so without trying to, we ended up getting that. That was amazing. We have somebody here that would like to uh, ask a question. Yes, you're on the air with the Bottom Line Show Live. What's your question, and what's your name, and where are you calling from? Hello? Yes, what's your name, and what city are you calling from? My name's Christina, and I'm calling from Tucson. Oh, fantastic, Christina. And do you have a question for me today? Um. Well, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I was just really listening to you. I didn't know I had pushed one for the queue. But um, what kind oh, of questions? Okay. Are, what kind of questions are you taking today? Well, anything having to do with right now, we're talking about the serendipity and the God incidences um, that take place. And I was just discussing that. Have you had any coincidences or serendipity lately? Um, no. Would you like would you like more uh, coincidences and serendipity to take place in your life? Yes. Would you like me to tell you how it is that you can start that today? Yes, I'd love it. Because this is available to everyone. This is not something you don't have to be. I mean, we're all special. Uh, it's uh, and we've all known how to do this when we were younger, young as children. You were born hardwired with this. It's just that life. You know, society, your parents, teachers, they condition it out of us. But all it requires is for you to decide that you want to welcome in the serendipities, the God incidences, the miracles in your life. Just choose. You just choose it in this moment, and you can say out loud, speak to God. Or if you have a a saint uh, that you speak to or an ascended master that you speak to, just say out loud, I would love to experience today and moving forward 
I'd like to experience a miracle, and I would like you to make me aware of these miracles uh, more and more because I know they're happening. I'm just not noticing them. I want to be made aware of these things and show me evidence of these miracles and then start to pay attention. And uh, you you will get signs. It's everywhere, everything from it could be a car that's driving by you. You may start to see a specific number sequence. For myself, I started to see a number sequence of 1111. Interestingly enough, I started my sh- my radio show originally started at the 11 p.m. Monday evening hour. And I picked 11 p.m. because I had read that the largest number of users on Facebook are on at 11 p.m. So I thought, well, if I'm going to be promoting my show and I'm going to use Facebook to promote it, I want to get on there when there's the largest Facebook audience, and that's just one medium that I use to promote the show, but I thought, let me uh, put it at 11 p.m., and then I started to notice 11.11 on my cell phone, on the microwave oven, my double oven, on my computer screen. I would notice license license plates. Um, I started to have a lot of 11.11s pop up, and I would have, you know, my, I would buy something, and it would be $11.11, go to get gas, it was $11.11, and I, wasn't, I was not trying to make this happen. It's just that I would you know, finish pumping gas, and all that would fit was $11.11 worth of gas. And then I would look at the pump, and I'm like, I'll be darn again, there's 11.11. And I knew that because I had it happen so many times, I knew that that was an indicator to me that I was in vibrational alignment and that I was on the right track. And I started to research and Google number sequences and number serendipity, and I started realizing that that, in fact, is the case. It's your angels letting you know that you're right on track. The other thing that happened with me was at my radio show, I, if I can remember the numbers, I had several hundred listeners at the time. And I went from several hundred listeners to thousands of listeners almost overnight. And now we have almost 50,000 listeners. But it went literally from I would have 20, 30 listeners, maybe a few hundred listeners, to all of a sudden I went into the thousands almost overnight. And it's just wow. the time from 11 p.m. Monday night, which was a left-brain decision. Because think about it. I went about finding out when's the largest number of people on Facebook. That makes sense. That's logical. That's a left-brain thought. But well, when I know, started You know, I have been seeing numbers, like, like you were saying, I've been seeing like you know like one 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 or two 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 or four 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 five 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 just automatically but not all the time like um like all in the same day like I'll look and I'll see the clock and yep. it'll be like you know but I mean they're all different numbers all the time is that still like mm-hmm. the same concept yes the, oh so this is see this is a I'm getting a hit as we're speaking right now. So this is a divine appointment, you and I being on this radio show and you calling into the show because basically the universe, God is telling you you're on the right track and now you have another little bit of information that's telling, it's trying to take you to the next level because you are noticing the two, two, twos, which is two has to do with duality, with right and wrong, with yes and no, um, things happening, happening doubly fast for you, um, three, three, three. So number three has to do with um, with with the things that you're doing are are being you're on track and they're sanctified because when things are in triplicate 
They're sanctified. That's why anything, if you see 777-888, any triple number like that, it has to do with sanctification. But if you, if you uh, look at the number 7, 777 is like an infinite holy number because God's favorite number is 7. However, if you look at 6, 6 is the number of man. It's one less than seven. Uh, six, that's why the number of the beast is one less than seven, which is God's perfect holy number. That would make it six. And to make it infinitely worse, it's the number of the beast is 666. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, what about so animals? animals? What about what? Uh, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got a little far from myself. Animals, like a... Me and my daughter, we were driving, and, and we kept seeing, like, we saw two deers. And then we were driving somewhere else another day, and a deer was just right there looking at us, a big, giant. I think that one was uh, with the things on top of bucks. And then the other two we saw, they were does. And, and neither one of them ran from us. They, like, well, we were driving, and then there was no car, so I stopped and looked at And they just looked at us, and we looked at them. <laughs> it was just weird, and they didn't move, and we didn't move, and then I just drove away. Okay, so you are starting to notice these things, and now, again, your awareness is being increased. It sounds like you're, like, where it's an exponential thing for you. So this is fascinating. Yes, those animals, especially since they're not animals that are seen in your everyday life that are out of the ordinary, you have to take notice when you see an animal that is out of place that you normally don't see. In this case, you're talking about a doe or a deer. Yes, there's when you see animals that are out of their normal context like that and they're appearing repeatedly to you, it could be once, twice, three times, that is another sign. I would encourage you, go on to the Internet, Google totem animals, what's the spiritual meaning of these animals, because that that's a message from God. God's trying to get, you, get your attention in multiple different ways. He will never bore you by just communicating to you in just one way. But God and your angels are giving you signs, and now your awareness is heightened. And the fact that you and your daughter noticed, wow, we saw this deer, that's odd. And then you saw then another deer, and the fact that it was a doe, that it was a young deer, not a full-grown uh, deer, has significance too. So I would encourage you to go on on um, on the net and do your Google searches, do your due diligence. There's no wrong way of doing this. The fact that you have the that this is on your radar, and you you are spiritually sensitive. You're super spiritually sensitive, or you would not even be sharing this with me today. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it does. And it, I, I feel like every time me and my daughter are together, it's so much stronger. I mean, anywhere we go, like anywhere from a store to just driving on the street to stopping at a yard sale. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how to explain it. And also, there, there's been a June bug after me, um, me and my husband. Like he goes, he told me the other day, he goes at work, this June bug kept crashing into my head and I go oh and I go how weird I go because um there's a June flying around our home and it keeps crashing into me so I wasn't sure what um this June represented and and I mean it's still around we almost see it every single day and I'm like what does this June bug want <laughs> like I haven't figured out the June bug either so I am 
So I am noticing all those things. So that is you. You are right. You are very aligned. You're very aware. So keep on following that thread, and then you just have to do your own research, your own due diligence. When you're reading about the totem animals, what whatever resonates with you, that's why those animals are being put into your awareness, and you're going to know that. Like we had, um, I had uh, a time period where I had, um, you know, normally October is the month where we see spiders come out and you see them. And in the rest of the year, you don't see them. They're pretty much gone. However, we happened to be, I think it was this was in June, where all of a sudden we were starting to see a bunch of spiders. And I remember looking that up to see what the significance was, especially caught my attention because it was in October. And um, I had one on my pillow. I had one the next night that was on my bed. So that's close and personal. You know, it's on my pillow, close to my head, and which I didn't like. I don't like bugs. So it's like, ah, oh, you know, a spider. But I recognized that there is a message there for me too. And so I looked up what the meaning of spiders uh, was, and it told it was a sign of prosperity. And I thought, wow, I, did, I wasn't aware of that, that that's what that meant. Um, recently, I was in uh, Georgia, and I had uh, my friend Eva, who's a producer and radio show host back east in Georgia. She was, um, we were just driving in the car, and on our way to Alabama, she mentioned something. She goes, oh, do peacocks mean anything to you? And I said, peacocks? I'm like, no, I haven't seen a peacock, and I couldn't even tell you how long. She goes, okay, well, either three days before or three days from now, just remember peacocks because there's something really big about peacocks going on with you. I said, okay, well, you know, when I get back to my room, I'll have to, you know, Google it because my Sprint service was not working. It There's hardly, I guess, any coverage for Sprint uh, in these areas that we were driving. So, Lo and behold, uh, we're getting into Montgomery, Alabama, and she says, oh, let's go to lunch. Why don't we go to Cracker Barrel? And uh, we walk into Cracker Barrel, and what's the first thing that I see? A giant peacock platter with a peacock feather. And I just turned to Eva, and I said, oh, my gosh, Eva, look. And it's like... I'd never seen anything with peacock, you know, design, paraphernalia, anything with it. Well, not only was there this giant platter, there was a clock with a peacock on it. There was this this dress with peacocks all over it. There was all sorts of stuff that were peacock motif, this entire display. I thought, this is, I'm like, okay, that's why you got that all of a sudden the word, either the word or the image peacock came to you. So that's not where it stopped. So from there, we ended up going to St. George's Island, and when we went to St. George's Island, we went to this restaurant, which was literally, the name of the restaurant was Upstairs. So we go upstairs to the Upstairs restaurant, and when we go in, everything was in that same shade of peacock blue, and it just so happens that the, the dress that I wore subconsciously or I don't know what it must have been because I wasn't thinking, oh, let me wear a peak, you know, that um, like tealish blue color. First time I've ever worn that dress, I put this, that peacock blue teal dress on and the whole decoration of the restaurant was in that same shades of peacock color. Wow. Go figure. And I've had several other incidences since in the last 30 days with peacocks and I'm going, okay, I, I got it. I understand that this is, 
This is relevant information, so I, I haven't forgotten. Then Eva comes out here to California. She was just here last week. And the producer for the Home and Garden Show, the chief producer tells me, oh, the last day of the Home and Garden Show, we are going to, um, we're going to go on the Wednesday before we start the show, we're going to go to uh, Azteca Restaurant. It's an Elvis restaurant where everything in there is decorated with El- Elvis Presley's memorabilia. So I say, wonderful. I go, I've never heard of that before. She goes, yeah, it's right here in Garden Grove. I said, oh, my gosh, that sounds so amusing. So we're supposed to go in August. So Eva comes out here last week, and now she's in my town, right, here in Huntington Beach, and um, she says she feels like Mexican food. I said, you know what? There's this restaurant that I heard about that has the Elvis. It's got everything is Elvis Presley, but it's a Mexican restaurant. It's supposed to be pretty good. Want to go there? She says, sure. We walk into this restaurant, and on the double doors, they have stained glass double doors, and would you believe that they have peacocks on the double doors? Oh, wow. I'm like, first of all, a Mexican restaurant, I would have never put peacocks with a Mexican restaurant, but it was the most obvious and curious thing. We saw these two peacocks. I'm like, I'm like, Eva and she's very highly spiritual and sensitive, too. She's like, we are obviously not only supposed to be together. We keep seeing peacocks since we were in Georgia. Uh, and here we're, we are obviously supposed to be at this restaurant. We're obviously doing what we're supposed to be doing, with whom we're supposed to be doing, because we keep on getting these calibrations. And that resonance, it, that's why I'm saying pay attention to the, you're paying attention to these animals, paying attention to the signs, you know, and when you look up, what the spiritual meanings are of these things, the things that resonate. Sometimes you'll get like a buzzy feeling inside of you or you'll get a twitch, like a tickle in your nose or your, or maybe a tickle in your toe. You'll have some sort of physical sensation that you don't get otherwise that's unique. Uh, Tom Justin calls it an intuitive click. I call it, for me, I call it a God feeling because it's not like your regular goosebumps that you get when you're listening to an awesome, you know, band or or an awesome speaker it's a kind of a it's just a unique feeling that only happens when it's almost like an in your internal tuning is telling you ooh, you're in perfect alignment you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing here in my talking to you twice i've had that that feeling come through which is an indicator to me that you and i are both on the right track yeah well, because um, i'm thinking about buying a home you know and uh We've been looking around here and there. We haven't made any decisions on when or what we want yet. And um, we keep seeing signs like saying um, for sale and sold, like um, together, like uh, we saw it on a bus, you know, like an advertisement thing. And then we saw it somewhere else. Just And now I'm clicking together. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then we had, went and seen a house and we had there was a song on with Paul McCartney. And then it was funny because we had got off the car, and then when we got back in the car, it was on again. I was like, what? <laughs> was, I don't know. So we were, me and my daughter just laughed. We're like, okay. But it happens more when we're together than apart. Well, see, and you're paying attention to those things, things that happen when you're with certain people, that is significant too. I got to tell you, it's so funny. My, um, one of my best friends, uh, she's my dearest friend. She was my roommate when we were at USC together. Uh, Tammy lives in Hilo, Hawaii, and she started. She goes, Hilo is a it's a little town. Um, it's kind of 
quiet, nothing ever happens, very peaceful, you know, uneventful. And then all of a sudden she started noticing, like I'll never forget, I was on the phone with her, and all of a sudden there were sirens. You could hear sirens in the background, and it was an ambulance, you know, going by. And she said, oh, my gosh, Lil, how odd. There's an ambulance going by. I've never seen an ambulance here in Hilo, ever. It's an emergency medical services vehicle. And I said, oh, and I didn't think of anything of it at the time, but for her it was so odd to hear to hear or to see an emergency services vehicle, an ambulance. So she mentioned how peculiar that was. Well, the next day it happened again. And it proceeded to, to, to she was witnessing an emergency uh, medical vehicle or an ambulance every single day for like two weeks in a row. And sometimes she would see them two, three times a day. And she said, what is going on that I keep on seeing all these emergency medical vehicles? So what we ended up realizing, we were a little slow at the time. I'm going to take responsibility for that because I, I should have known, but I didn't. And like maybe, a, a, maybe four or five days into this, I told her, Tammy, where in your life do you feel that you have an emergency? Because obviously the universe is trying to tell you. God's trying to send you the sign. He's making you aware of all these emergency medical vehicles, now it's like not just once a day. You went from never at all to once a day to now two, three times a day. There's something that you're not paying attention, and that's why he's sending you two, three reminders a day that there's an emergency that you need to pay attention to. And then she realized where the emergency was in her personal life. And she was able to pay attention to it, and then the emergency medical vehicles disappeared, and now she never sees them anymore. Wow. Well, what do you think about, um, like, dreams? Because, I I mean, I hadn't dreamed for a long, long time. Then I had a dream. I had a dream a long time ago. Then I had a dream recently that the same lady was in the dream. And she's, uh, I mean, if I was to see her on the street, I would know who she was. Um, And I, I just find that odd that I would dream about same lady, and I don't even know who she is, but I keep seeing her. Well, I've only seen her twice, but no, three times in my dream. And I'm like, um, I'm not sure what she's trying to tell me or, like, um, who I'm looking for. I'm like, what is, and I know that's something, and I'm like, because it's, it's an older lady with, you know, like, gray hair, and I keep seeing her. And I'm like, okay, what, what is she wanting to tell me? And I'm not sure what, what, what it is why she keeps coming in my dreams and and it's like so, the third time. Okay, so this is this is awesome and again, noticing that she's come to you three times. This is infinitely good. So, um and I'm getting this a real strong god feeling as I'm speaking to you about this. Now, so what I'm going to tell you is that first of all, you can ask her what her name is and she will reveal to you what her name is and you don't have to be asleep to have this discussion with her. So all you have to do is, you know, quiet yourself. She is there to guide you, protect you, instruct you, and to coordinate things that are outside of your own physical power. But in in the uh, heavenly powers, she can, you know, she can do incredible things. Um, a lot of folks aren't aware of the fact that in the scriptures, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, in the Torah and the Old Testament, there's over 300 verses that talk about angels. And the angels were put 
put there, put here in our realm to work for us. They are unemployed until we ask them for help. And everybody has not an angel. We have angels that are at our beck and call. And we can have as many as we want. To give you an idea of the power of one angel, one angel can defeat an army of 80,000 men. So any one angel is an, ex- an extremely oh, powerful, it's an extremely powerful um, heavenly being. So you can call upon your angels, and even if you, whether you know their names or, or not doesn't matter, you can say, you know what, I have this lady, you, all, you know her, and I know her by experience, but I don't know her name, and I don't know what she's trying to tell me, but I know she's here to help me. Would you please all um, bring her back? And I would love to, to know what her name is and what's her message. There's a message that she has for me. And she will continue to have messages for you. And it's a matter of you inviting the heavenly beings to aid. They're, again, unemployed. They're like, when is she going to ask? They're like, today, right now. They're going, yes. She's asking for help. She's recognizing the dreams. She's recognizing the number sequences. She's number, noticing the animals. She's getting it. She goes, now, when is she going to ask us for help? So, Christine, all you have to do is we get off this phone. You quiet yourself. Just take 10 deep breaths. And as, as you finish your 10th breath, say, now I want to be in a state where I welcome my angels to come help me. Bring this lady in. And I want to know what your name is. And um, I know you have a message for me, and I'm so happy and excited that we're getting to know each other better. She knows you really well. Now it's a matter of you getting comfortable where you're talking to her the way you're talking to me. And you can talk to yeah, her. You can have fun with this. Yeah, Every night you could be sure talking to her. I don't, yeah, she makes sure I don't forget her. Like I saw her on a bright purple couch. Then I saw her, and she had a ruby ring. And when you were talking and asking about her name, I heard ruby. I'm like, oh my God! Ruby, I get... that's it. Yes, yeah. yeah. I so heard she's that here right now. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's here. That's what I thought. I'm like, she yeah, she's here right me. now. She's here, really strong, and she's with you and with me right now. And she has such little eyes, you know. Like I was so focused on her eyes because they were so, um, they were so shiny. I don't know. Wow, so I'm going to have, I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to focus on Ruby because I I just I believe she was showing me that ring like because it, it was a ruby with diamonds around it and it was on her middle finger and she kept showing me the ring. Now I was like I didn't know she was showing it to me or she was telling me like that's her name Ruby. Oh my god! I, so yeah. ask her. So ask Ruby to reveal to you. Ruby, um, I love your name, Ruby, and uh, I'm so excited that we're that you're making all these things aware to me. Tell me what does uh, what does the what's the meaning of Ruby? What are the qualities of rubies, like the actual uh, precious stone rubies? And she'll reveal to you those things. And then it's funny because you'll go to to do your own you know, research and so forth on the Internet and, and uh, check things out, and you're going to see, you're going to go, oh, my gosh, the same thing. You'll notice that the same language patterns or a series of words, you'll see them then there, and you'll go, oh, my gosh, there's no, it's like, this is amazing. 
So you are so on the right track. I'm so excited for you because you're obviously very awakened and enlightened. And and this is something that, as you share with others, um, I think our society right now is more open than ever to receiving the benefits of of being aware and embracing the spiritual world. Um, you know, I happen to come from a Judeo-Christian background. You know, I both have, you know, Jewish blood in me and I've got Arabic blood in me and, and I was brought up by a Presbyterian minister father. So I have the the very uh, traditional, dogmatic, you know, conservative uh, upbringing and so forth. But I, I'm not one to be, I'm not religious. I am spiritually sensitive and open to God and uh you know, his light, his love. Because we all know all the religions of the world talk about God is love. God is light. God is the great I am. It doesn't matter whether you're Muslim, you're Jewish, you're Christian, you're Catholic, um, you're Essene, um, Buddhist. We all recognize those. Th- that's universal. And God, you know, you can't create or destroy him. You can't create or destroy light. You can't create or destroy energy. You know, it's all one. It's all the same. So as our society becomes more awakened, more open, more less rigid about religious orders, religious rules, religious, you know, being attached to certain things, having to be only one way, and more open to the most powerful realm is that realm that you cannot see. And that's what my radio show has been about is bringing icons of industry in music, media, medicine, entertainment, sports, film, TV, radio, and having them share the secrets to success, but with an open heart, sharing what their spiritual walk is. We just had David Young here last week, and David Young is a two-time Grammy award-winning artist who has sold over a million CDs, done a ton of rock and roll, uh, and in the last several years, you know, his unique thing is that he plays not one but two flutes at the same time in harmony, You'll have to listen to the show to see how he transitioned from, like, you know, metal, rock and roll to this. And now he's to the point where he, not only does he play these two flutes at the same time in harmony that create, they create a sacred geometry and sacred tonal sound that when he does his uh, Ascended Soul workshops, over 80% of the people that are in the room have some sort of spiritual experience, either with Lao Tzu, um, Buddha, Jesus, Mother Mary, Moses, Father Abraham, um, a deceased relative, or they may see a lineup of many of their relatives who have already passed away. They have they've seen John Lennon. Somebody saw Martin Luther King. Actually, this is an extraordinary one that happened just recently. Somebody in his Soul Ascension workshop who was a clerk at the Martin Luther King Foundation, she actually saw Martin Luther King during the Soul Ascension workshop, and he told her that she was going to be put in charge of the Martin Luther King Fund. Well, she didn't even know there was a Martin Luther King Fund. She was just working as a clerk for the foundation. Four or five days later, her boss comes to her at work and says, we're promoting you. You're going to be in charge of the Martin Luther King Fund. Isn't that wild? Oh, wow. Well, you know, um, not too long ago, too, maybe two weeks ago, 
oh, my daughter volunteers at a hospital, and we were over there, and we left. We, there was a church in there, so I was so strongly drawn to go in, you know, into the church. So we sat in there, and we prayed, and we were in there. And then um, as we left the hospital, walking to my car, I was so strongly wanting to go to another church um, where they had services for, because my mom has passed away in the 80s, and then my dad passed away in the 90s. My grandma passed away in the 80s, too. So all three of them have passed away together, you know, within years. Wow. And um, and they all had, were, had services at this one church. And it just kept telling me, come over here, come over here. So I went, so I, after I got out of that church, I went to another church. And we were in there, and I was just so drawn to pray to every saint in there. And I, I mean, I pray all the time. I pray the moment I wake up. I pray, pray when I go to sleep. I pray... Anytime I get a chance, all the time. And um, yeah. I was just drawn to pray to every saint in there. Like, I kneeled down to every saint. I just would, I don't know why, you know, but I just had that strong urge to do that. Yeah. Wow. So, so see, you're, you're, this is awesome. So you're obviously, you're, you're transcending, you're moving up to a higher level, which is why all these things are happening to you. Um, it's funny because I, for this show, I didn't plan to do this, and then right before the show started, I had this um, urging to pull the book Introduction to Tao. Now, true story, I was given, back in 2013, um, I met a, a gentleman, Dr. Ali Tahiri. Now, Dr. Ali Tahiri is an amazing humanitarian. Um, this is a doctor who is truly not just to the art of medicine, but to truly healing people on the planet. He is one of the first responders. Anytime there's any kind of a natural disaster anywhere on the planet, within 24 hours of him being aware of whatever tragedy, it can be an earthquake, firestorm, doesn't matter, tsunami, he immediately jumps on a plane with two large-size suitcases filled with medical supplies, and he is at that country within 24 hours, and then he's boots on the floor right there administering whatever medical help is required. And he happens to have multiple medical degrees, and so he has clearance through the UN and so forth. He happens to be knighted in the Order of St. John, Grand Russian Priory, and um, so he's also you know, a knighted uh, physician. So long story short, I met him back in 2013, and he said he asked me if I had read the Tao, and I said no. And he said, I'd like to give you a copy of an introduction to the Tao. And I said, I'd love that. I've been curious about it for a long time, but I've never gotten around to buying any literature, any books on it. So I'd appreciate that. So he gave me the book, The Introduction to the Tao. So I looked at it a little bit, but not a lot at the time. And then I put it away, n- not to to put it out of sight, but just, you know, life gets busy and so forth. So I didn't really think about it again. And it keeps on surfacing just little bits in here and there. And, of course, you know, Wayne Dwyer talks a lot about the Tao. Well, as luck would have it, I had um, David Young, like I said, he was here a couple of weeks ago as a guest on my radio show. And we had this discussion about, you know, what we're, you and I are talking about today and about the soul and about the heavenly beings. And, and he's telling me his incredible story, how this, it's just incredible the, the number of miracles and the things that have happened when you put yourself in that open-hearted space and in a place of awareness. And I 
I said, well, you know, he's about to be on my show, I, I guess the following day, and I said, funny that you and I are talking about this. I have a friend who gave me this book called The Introduction to the Tao. I go, I have no idea where it, where that book is right now. I'd love to get my hands on it because now that you and I are having this discussion, I think the time is appropriate for me to, to read that book. So I hang up the phone with him, and now I'm not even looking for the book now. I just, I just aired verbally to him that you know I don't even know where I would begin to look for that book, but I wish I could get my hands on that book, right? So I'm. I'm just, you know, doing my normal work and so forth, and as I'm looking for something else and whatnot, guess what pops up? The book, The Introduction oh. to the Tao. <laughs> Effortlessly. I didn't have to toil. I didn't have to work hard. I didn't have to turn, you know, the 3,000 square foot of house that I've got to figure out where could this book possibly be. No. I was naturally led to exactly where it was. I was actually looking for something else, and I came across it effortlessly within 24 hours if you don't think that's serendipitous enough what happens next is okay so that was just just in the last two weeks that happened so now yeah because david left i think last wednesday so then i get a call yesterday guess who calls me who's going to from the east coast they're going to be here they're actually here today i get a, a phone call from dr ali tahiri he says, my dear, I'm going to be in Costa Mesa at some sort of medical conference. I would love to see you. Can we get together Wednesday afternoon after 2, after your radio show? The man who gave me the Tao. Oh, wow. And I had started reading it after my conversation with David. So I'm like, what are the chances of that? How can I not pay attention to that? Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So did you meet with him? I'm meeting to I'm meeting with him today at two o'clock. Oh, today you're yeah. meeting with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my wow. emphasis well, today for the show was to talk about this this topic of, of being in integrity, of being in an open hearted place where you're not attached to certain outcomes and redefining. That's why I started the show talking about um what, you know, we think as a society that we know what integrity means, but I didn't have a human being that told me what integrity was. Through my prayer and meditation, I had a, a, a vision that showed me two, I saw two images in the motion picture screen of my, of my mind that explained to me what integrity was. And that's how this whole show for today has evolved. And then, I, like I said, I've had this book out, Introduction to the Tao, during the radio show. And for people who don't know what the Tao is, I'm going to just read the first paragraph so that you have an idea what it is. This is not an effort to convert anybody into anything. This is we're in an open-hearted space where we're paying attention to the messages that the universe has for us. And so what is the Tao? It says here, by consciously observing the cosmos, the living beings, the earthly activities, and all phenomena, we will find the existence of the laws of nature. There is a supernatural origin which guides all operations happening across the galaxy and earth and human beings. We call this source the Tao. Now, I would say to anyone listening to this show, whether it's now or if they pull it later on archive, they're calling this source the Tao. That's basically, we call this source God. We call this source infinite source intelligence. We call this source... Um, 
Allah. We call this source the universe. So to get caught up on uh, names, um, that's, it's, it's to lose the point. It's, it's a powerful force. I call it God. I also call it universal force or the universe. But it's really all the same thing. You know, if I speak English, I call God God. If I speak Spanish, I call him Dios. If I speak Arabic, I call him Allah. If I speak French, I call him Dieu. So you have to call, you know, everybody has a different language, so the labels are going to be based on the language that you speak. So for us to get caught up and say, oh, Allah and God are not the same thing, Dios and God are not the same thing, it's, it's like we're missing the point. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because I that makes so much sense because I believe that we all believe in there's a big source, somebody, you know, I call, you know, myself, I call him God. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I believe, like, you know, and I always talk to the universe, God, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess if you're a mother, you can be called mom, mommy. You can be called exactly. different names. So I get that concept right on, you know. That's what I tell my children all the time. You know, I tell them, you know, I go, it doesn't matter what you call God as long as we believe in your heart. You believe mm-hmm. there is out there. I go, I go, we call it, you, we can call everybody any name you want. Like you can call me mother, mommy. Uh, I mean, there's several different names in different languages, like you say, but even in the English, it's, you can find different names for the same thing you're talking about, like daddy, dad, father. Yeah. I mean, your kids, if they call you mom, mommy, ma, you're going to respond to all of them. Right. Same thing. And you're the same person, and when your kids have kids, they don't call you mom, mommy, or ma. They're going to call you either grandma, nana, nona. And you're you're the same person, and you're responding to all of those different names. Right. God, so you're going to have to put that, that book on your on your little thing so I can see which book it is. And I'm interested in reading that now, too. I'm like, wow. Yes. And it's a little book. It's only, um, it's not even 100 pages. It is 74 pages long, half in English, half in, uh, it's either Chinese or some Asian language. I'm not sure. So it's 74 short pages. So I will post it on the radio show. show. It's called Introduction to Tao. And uh, I'm sure you can pick it up on Amazon or, you know, Barnes & Noble. But, Christine, we're coming here to the top of the hour. It, thank you so much for enriching our radio show and making it such a beautiful experience. I'm so blessed to have been able to co-create this hour with you. And me as well. So thank you for your time and have a blessed day. Fantastic. Blessings to you all. Thank you, listeners, for calling into the show and for listening again. It's been an exciting hour, and uh, we welcome you to join us every Wednesday at 11, 11 a.m. for the Bottom Line Show Live, and we look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye now. Hello? Hello? Yeah, is it two or three calls? Yes, we're actually getting, we just are getting off air. I'm surprised that the call still went through. What city are you calling from and what's your yeah, name? Yeah, I'm calling from the, yeah, the greatest city in America, Los Angeles. 
Bobby who? Uh, Bobby, uh, which, by the way, just on that note, uh, I'm also yeah, the greatest caller in the history of radio. Oh, okay, Bobby. So do you have a question or a comment about the show? Yeah, I do. Actually, since your program's ending, this actually might be good timing anyway. Um, I've tried emailing you guys. Um, I'm guessing either you didn't get my messages or you're probably not interested, which is okay. So I just wanted to confirm, is there any chance you could have me on as a guest for a different topic? Well, it's a possibility. This is not the right time to do this on air, but I appreciate your calling in. And send me an email message or a Facebook message noting that you uh, had that question, and we will take this up at another time. Um, okay, I'll try again. I, but I, I, I'm guessing, again, you're probably not getting them, or you're, I'm guessing you're not interested. So I just thought I'd save time just to ask you just up front. So I stopped messaging okay. and wasting your time. I, and my I, time don't, I don't know anything about you, so I can't answer that question quite yet. But thank you for calling in. Yeah, what a stupid radio host. Another, another dumb radio program. Okay. Why don't you just answer it now? What's the big deal? Why do you have to wait for a message? I don't get it. Why are man? Radio host that does this. They, why are so many like BTR hosts like that, Josh? Like every time, like they don't take calls, or it's like well, we gotta go, or it's like you know uh, send me a message, and then they don't write back to the message, or it's like yeah, you know we're not interested in that. Like this is BTR. Like this is not like a national program with two million people. Why don't they take calls like you? You know what I mean, dude? No, I know that's what I mean. Like they don't. They either don't take calls. Or they make calls wait on hold forever, or like send me a message, or like you know what I'm interested in that topic. Like they don't know what good radio is. They'd rather have like boring guests and boring topics. You know what I mean? I don't get why they do that. I don't know. Man. I've tried like this is like why I don't even like waste my time. I remember like message a local radio station, BTR host dude. I don't want to say they're all like that, but a lot of them are like that. Like they either don't take calls, or they make the call wait on hold forever until they take the call. Or they take the call and they don't give the caller much time, or like they'll give the caller time and then they like hang up on them because they just can't handle like you know a debate or something. And they're like, well, send me a message, email me, Facebook or something. And these morons, they don't write back to the messages. They don't even know the messages are there. I, I, I knew she was going to say something like that. I knew that's why I got annoyed. She's like, you what a moron. And I bet you like her program has like boring ass guests on boring topics. Boring stuff, you know. Yeah, that's BTROs, man. That's what they. That's what a lot. Of, that's no serious. No, no, no. I'm not saying all of them are like that, but a lot of them are like that. A lot of them. Like they don't know what good radio is. They don't know. Like if you have a caller, take the call, especially if it's a good call or a debate or something. And she doesn't know me personally, but I'm assuming she can tell I'm not boring. You know what I mean? Take the call. Give the call more time. You know. And why do you have to like wait for Facebook and email messages? Why don't you just go over it right now? What's, what's the big deal? 